Hey G2 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Greetings to every single one of our disciples. My desire is that God will bless you and give you victory, every one of you, during this difficult season of pandemic. Today, I have a subject that is found in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Today, I would like for you to repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, speak to my life, minister to my heart. I pray that your word will be revealed to me, that I may understand it, meditate upon it, declare it, and put it to practice. I pray that you do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, I would like to share a, a message called, We Shall Receive Power. Now, it's very interesting that Jesus... When he began his ministry, he was 30 years old. And first, he was led by the Spirit of God after being baptized to go and face the enemy. He was tempted three different times and he overcame temptation. And when he returned from that victory, the Bible says that he returned in the power of the Spirit. And then he walked into the synagogue in Bethlehem, and they handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah in a scroll, and he opened it in chapter 61. Now, the interesting thing is that Jesus didn't choose the chapter, but it, in the synagogues, they have the scriptures that are to be read on each Sunday, and that was the reading for that particular Sunday. And the scriptures said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And a little further, it says, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Notice how the Lord, He took that scripture and He declared, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, let's look at the process of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, he had to face temptation. Many people, they say, well, you know, it's a little hard for me to face temptation because I'm a weak person. Something that shows true commitment to God is reflected in the way in which we overcome temptation when we overcome. There is not a person, Christian or non-Christian, that has been exempt from facing temptation. Every one of us are tempted in one or another way. The problem is not temptation. The problem is when believers give in to temptation. And so people give in to temptation, and that means that they are giving up their moral values and their spiritual principles. Now, Jesus, when... He was immersed in the water. He came out of the water when he was baptized. The heavens opened and the Spirit of God came upon him in the form of a dove and remained on him. Now, notice, Jesus is God's verb, the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit 
was such a key person in the life of Jesus so he could face the battle against the greatest rebel of all time, the one who tried to take control of this world. He was a cherub. God had entrusted him such great responsibility, but he rebelled against God. Now, Jesus came. And he basically renounced to his divine immunity and became a man in order to face the enemy as a man. And the Holy Spirit, once he came upon the life of Jesus, he led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, when a person is full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not hide you from temptation, but he will be with you to face temptation. But if you lean on him, he will give you victory. And when the enemy tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he tempted him three times. But Jesus simply replied with the word. Now, remember, what overcomes the enemy is the word of God. And they overcame him by the word of God. Now, when we decree the word, that is the weapon that completely trespasses the strength of the enemy. So three times the enemy tempted Jesus and Jesus overcame. And that is why he descended. He returned in the power of the Spirit. When he overcame temptation, the power of God grew in him. Many people want power, but what kind of power? Some people want financial power. Others want cultural power. But the greatest power that a Christian could experience is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because just as Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to overcome the difficult situations, in the same way, we need the Holy Spirit. And much more so, when we open the doors of our hearts to Jesus, the Lord, He will come and give us His Spirit. Now, we need to remember that He said that the Holy Spirit, that He would leave this world, but He would not leave us as orphans, but He would send the Comforter, and that Comforter is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon every person that opens their heart to serve Jesus. And that is why Jesus came into the synagogue in Bethlehem, and he took the scroll, the book of the prophet Isaiah, in chapter 61, which speaks of the Holy Spirit, and he read the scripture, and he decreed, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You also must speak the same decree over your life. If Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life, you need the Holy Spirit. And that is why the Lord himself, after he resurrected from the dead, before he ascended to the heavens, he gathered his disciples, the twelve, and he said to them, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And he said to them that they were not to move from Jerusalem until they were filled with the power from above. And that is why the 120 disciples, they were in the upper room for 10 days. And that is where the Holy Spirit visited them. And every one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. But listen, there was something missing. The team of 12 was incomplete. 
And if it was incomplete and it continued being incomplete, the Holy Spirit could not manifest. Why? Because the team of 12 that Jesus had chosen, it was not a, just a team to fulfill a requirement. No, you will probably remember that Jesus gathered his disciples and he asked them, he said, who am I to you? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Notice that Peter, Back then, he was known as Simon. He received revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the verb of God. And he called him blessed. And he said, blessed are you. This is a revelation that has been given to you by my father. And that is why the Lord said to him, and I also tell you that you are Peter. So he changed his name into Peter, rock, Peter. Remember. Peter means rock. And the Lord was saying, and upon this rock, a rock that is placed on top of another rock. What rock was he referring to? He was referring to the powerful foundation that holds up the whole weight of the Christian church. And his name is Jesus Christ. And upon this rock, I am the Christ. I am the Son of the living God. I am the verb made flesh. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the church. So Jesus himself, he is the one who determined to build his church. But it's very interesting that of all the multitudes that ever followed Jesus and of all the people that came because of the miracles, as time passed, that great multitude was fading away from the ways of Jesus. And after his death and resurrection and before he ascended to the heavens, he was gathered but with a few. There were like 500 that had been persistent, but that number was also reduced down to 120. But the Lord said to them, you shall receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit and you shall be my witnesses. And now they are in the upper room. And in the upper room, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to descend. But Peter, in that gathering, he raised his hand and he said, we need to choose the replacement of the ministry from where Judas has fallen to go to his own destiny. And so they cast lots between Matthias and Barsabbas, who was nicknamed Justice. That was his nickname. And so the lots fell upon Matthias, and Matthias was counted as one of the twelve. And after that happened, that is when Pentecost came. So what do we learn from this? We learn that we need to have a complete team. For the first time ever, the team of 12 was the right 12. And 
Jesus, the chief cornerstone of the church, the twelve were like the pillars, the foundation. If you build the church with a false pillar, the building, it could crumble and fall at any moment. But when you have twelve strong pillars, the church could be built and that building could hold the weight of the church. And so it was that Jesus said, I will build my church. He was going to build the church with human rocks. And that's why he changed the name from Simon to Peter. And Jesus himself, he chose the 12 living stones, stones that are full of passion for God. And so we start becoming a part of that building. It doesn't matter the amount of time that has passed. I feel that I am a stone in God's building. And why do I feel that I am a stone? Because God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I came to know Jesus, as you might know, because of an atheist professor that I had. And that professor was always attacking the Bible. And he did it so much so that it bothered me. And I thought if he is an atheist and he has read the Bible and studied it, then why can't I? So I decided to read it. Nine months after reading the Bible, I had a personal encounter with Jesus. When I got to know him in my living room, I saw him. I saw a burning flame. I saw how he changed me and transformed me. But yet I didn't know the Holy Spirit. A week later, I had an encounter with the Heavenly Father. I got to know Him, the Father. But a few months later, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Himself, He brought me to a little church. And He led me there. It was very close to where I lived. And I didn't know what kind of church it was, but the Holy Spirit led me there, so I obeyed Him. And I remember that once I was at the altar and I was praying, and while I was praying, I was thinking, and I thought to myself, Lord, where did my, I get myself into? This is a strange sect. What am I doing here? And so I remembered that Gideon, I had read it in the Bible. He had asked God for a sign, and the Lord fulfilled the sign. So I thought, well, I'm going to set a sign. And I said, Lord, if this is from you, then I want to see you. And I want you to lay your hands on my head and fill me with the Holy Spirit. I hadn't finished the prayer and I felt the presence of a person standing behind me. Of course, I was praying in the Spirit. And that part of my spirit, it turned and I started looking and I could see Jesus. I started looking at him from his toes up to his head. He was clothed in white. I wanted to see his face. And when I finally got to his face, his face is just beautiful. So shiny and bright. Rays of light come out of his face. It is a beauty that human sight cannot bear. I could not stand seeing him for over a fraction of a second. And I fell down. I was slain in the spirit. And then Jesus... He laid both his hands and he anointed me. When he placed his hands on me, I started praying in other tongues. I had never prayed in other tongues before. And I began to pray in tongues 
so fluently. And when I got up from my knees, everything within me was burning in excitement. I was burning in fire. I was burning with hope. I wanted to embrace everyone and tell them that the Spirit of the Lord is in me. Listen, I was 18 years old when I had that experience. And ever since then, everything within me changed. There is a major difference between being a Christian without the Holy Spirit to being a Christian with the Holy Spirit. Those who are Christians without the Holy Spirit are simply religious. But those who are Christians with the Holy Spirit, they have the anointing, the power of God and God's backing. You don't know how long you're going to live in this world. You know, so many people thought that they were eternal and in a split second the coronavirus took them out and they're no longer here. So many people have died because of this pandemic. Listen, human beings are very vulnerable. There is no nothing to protect you. The only thing that could ever protect us is the Word of God and our fellowship with the Holy Spirit and to live our lives in integrity. And I believe that during this time, we need to make things right with God. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. We need to tell Him, I need you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I need the anointing to be able to move on. Today, such a special date, I want your presence to be in my life. I want to be a person that brings the message of hope to people. I want the heavens to open so that many people could turn to you. Lord, I know that God is going to perform that miracle now. Perhaps you. You've been playing the religious game and you've been playing the game of being a Christian. Well, this is not a game. I'm asking you to come into a relationship with Jesus and from the bottom of your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And I know that the Holy Spirit, He will help you. Today, I would like to pray for you. And if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'd like for you to allow me to pray for you so that He will baptize you with His Spirit. Father, in this moment, I present the life of your children. I pray for those who are longing for your anointing, who are longing for a touch of your Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, please, I pray that just as you did with me, where you laid both your hands on my head and anointed me, and I felt rivers of living water flowing from within me, in that moment, tongues of fire manifested in different ways. And you, O oh Lord, I pray that you will bless your children, those who are crying out for the fullness of your Spirit. I pray that they may flow, that your anointing may flow through them. Lord, I pray that you make each and every one of them your temple. Lord, I pray that today, as they are worshiping you, I pray that they may feel that they are part of your kingdom. Today, I bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. 
And to every one of you watching, I send you love and greetings, and I pray that you may continue enjoying this wonderful day. Continue enjoying the Pentecost. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.